0: The dead but rap with your hosts, Timon
1: Carter, David Ma, and Nate LeBlanc. Three underground rap nerds walked into a bar. An argument ensued about who the goats are. The seed was a thought that would turn into a pod. Now fans worldwide say, Not a bad job, the ad hoc cab Squad, who chronicles the vanguard of hip-hop at large. Rap taste slacked off, don't need to be mad, dog. Look no further, it's the dead bod. Rap
2: Pod. Pod. pod
1: podcasting live from san jose california it is the dead bod rap pod i am one half of your host today my name is demone carter aka dim one i am joined by my man in a freestyle fellowship sweater nate leblanc
3: what's happening man? hey what's up man uh doing good doing good um yeah. it's a rainy evening yeah full-on autumn we're, we're doing good we saw each yeah, other yeah. today
1: in real life even, yeah, uh, we, totally. we did a we did a thing which will, I guess we'll save that for when the thing actually becomes the thing. Yeah. like In case it's embarrassing and we want to act like it never happened. So, uh, with that being said, let's call for shadow. Uh, with that being said, we're here for another episode. We're glad you could join us. We, of course, have a dope interview lined up on the other side of this. Uh, David Ma is on assignment. Dave Ma on assignment tonight. Uh, shout out to Dave, though. Um, but yeah, we, we, me and you, Nate, we were on, uh, who cares about the rock and roll Hall of Fame podcast? Yes. A couple weeks ago. If you haven't done so already, um, please check that out. Do you get a small dose? I play small minutes in that. I think I'm in it for like 12 minutes, but we're uh, on a
3: minute's restriction.
1: Yeah. Yeah. One, one uh, quarter only. <laughs> but, uh, I, I got my takes in. Nate, Nate did the whole episode. Um, And so it was interesting to to rap with two people who know a lot about the rock and roll hall of fame which is one of those things you're like wow you're really expert in this and uh but i'll have you know for those who didn't get a chance to hear it um you definitely should that when challenged to name all the rock and roll hall of fame rap inductees Nate was like nine for eleven or something. He I was, was nine like,
3: for eleven. I somehow yeah. missed Biggie and Tupac, the two most famous, <laughs> well-known rappers of all time. I did much. This is, I think, very telling about my career. Uh, I did much better on the more obscure acts.
1: <laughs> you really did. He he was he was hot from three. Um, but there's been a recent inductee, somebody we talked about on that podcast, and we talk about here on this show from time to time and that would be about 2000s rap without talking about this person right absolutely who we're talking about is nelly no (laughs) Uh,
3: removing band-aid from face not sure (laughs) if the mic is picking that up it's hot in here
1: uh we of course are talking about eminem who is the most recent rap inductee into the rock and roll hall of fame and nate i'll say this and I'll, i'll kick it to you For all the jokes that i make about dude and i do make quite a few um eminem is a real hip-hop head
3: very much right like if you hug out with him, he's a real head right yes and i imagine that's what we would talk about because i don't want to talk about like how his ex-wife's a bitch or whatever (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah i was a little harsh about eminem on the rock and roll hall of Fame podcast I I don't really enjoy listening to his music though I admit he's a great technical rapper and I'm sometimes in awe of his ability but in uh looking for the stop button on his actual songs so he's just not you never favorite. had a phase though you never had
1: an imminent phase where you're like this kid's nice no
3: uh infinite, when infinite. Oh, okay okay yeah yeah, yeah. Right. I was like right. wow infinite and yeah. then he's he's on um this record by the anonymous do you know that record It was on Ooh. Good Vibes records Okay. Uh, he is on a posse cut on this record by this group that basically never really even existed past this thing um, uh, called the Anonymous. And I was like, "This kid is nice. Like this yeah. dude can rhyme. Like yeah. um, really, really impressive technically." And I mean, I watched the videos and stuff. I followed his ride. Okay. But I, okay. I don't own a copy of the Marshall Mathers. There's no, there's no the Slim, uh, Shady records. There's
1: no Marshall Mathers project that you've ever really connected with or given a.
3: Except for infinite. It's infinite. I, mean, even, okay, I did sell on. my copy. I got a hundred bucks for it at a time before Woo. records blew up. I don't want to know how much it's worth. Do not at me.
0: Um, but uh, yeah, when that
3: was a good deal, I sold my copy of Infinite to someone who would actually appreciate it. Um, so yeah, again, I just I I was kind of mean about Eminem on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame <laughs> podcast thing, but I did say I really admired how he kept the lineage of lyricism alive often through his interviews and when he's on stage Mm -hmm. he he like wears basically like different shirts of different artists and he took that to like the nth degree on his induction speech and he basically named off his whole record collection to like thank them for the the just like again the lineage of emceeing and how we we arrived at his moment including yep. many of our favorites, including many of the greatest people of all time. Some really obscure ones like uh, pretty sure he's the first person on that stage to mention the redhead kingpin. Yes. Uh, yes. I was like, yo, OK. Yeah. yes, yeah. he's, he's, he's ahead, dude. He really, really loves this hip hop shit. And I thought to use that moment to do that was fucking awesome. And, and also, I'll say this um,
1: as as a I won't use the A word, but as a as a white person, Who's, who seems like he's trying to do the right thing and understands the weirdness of his position. Um, I think he really does lean into paying homage to the black creators that basically spawned him, right? Sure. Like he's 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 one of the more um outspoken in that regard. There's no scene in Elvis where Elvis sits sits you down and like, listen, let me tell you the 24 black dudes that I yeah. stole this.
3: He's like um, Elvin Wolf.
1: Um uh, <laughs> yeah. d- is the A-word authenticity? No, but that's funny. Okay, uh, I, was, I was gonna go uh, ally. Mm. Some folks, some folks get really they get really testy about who we do and don't call an
3: ally. But, uh... Uh, I don't know if you remember this or if you watched this one, but Jesus uh, would kind of joke about not joke, but half joke, mm-hmm. about, like being an ally, and he did that <laughs> when they had Vince Staples on the uh, the Showtime show, and he was like, "Don't do that shit, bro." <laughs> he, I think he was like, "We doing that."
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. really
3: funny. I, I was awesome. like I was like, whoa, Vince is really yeah. so cool, but you can't like slide one past him, you know what I mean? Absolutely.
1: So I'm not going to slap the A word on Eminem just yet. But um
3: I think it's I important. It was like you're it, calling him an asshole for calling out yeah. all these rappers,
1: dude. <laughs> 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 he's been that in his career as well, but um, sure. Yeah, he's he's definitely does a great job of paying homage in ways that show that he is he's into the culture, right? That's like it, dude. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you totally get up talented. there
3: and you shout out Casual and all of Hiro, that's, that's yeah. you know, well, to use some some more internet parlance we shouldn't be using, that's king shit, dude. Yeah, exactly, exactly.
1: <laughs> so shout out to M for uh, for making it to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I and if for I using
3: his platform effectively to be a big old rap nerd.
1: <laughs> as a rap nerd advocate, uh, yes. he, did, he did great work this week. Um, shout out to the who even cares about the rock pod? Is that what it's called? About the rock
3: hall. Who cares about the rock hall pod? I think there's yeah, who cares a, a about lot of the words. Rock I don't hall know pod. exactly where they drop them in and out. But uh, just
1: search that plus Nate LeBlanc and you will find the uh you'll find the episode. Um and uh, you know, it, yeah, it, was it
3: was just a it, couple it, of weeks ago. It should be easy easy enough to find. It was really fun to do another podcast i can't remember if we talked about this on the air or not i know we've talked about it off air it's really really fun to just show up and talk and leave
1: and have no responsibilities
3: podcasting it was pretty awesome so have no post responsibilities i'm hireable uh i'm funny (laughs) i know a lot about sports shoes hip-hop other music sometimes glasses uh <laughs> did you say glasses yes yeah, so my glasses are <laughs> reflecting weird in the camera and it caught my. warby eye.
1: parker hit my guy up warby
3: uh, warby podcast get podcast. me <laughs>
1: <laughs> we are here we podcast mercenaries uh got a dope interview with uh, new jersey's own fat boy sharif on the other side of this but in the last 48 hours it's been a uh, really bad news um uh, especially for the kind of new jersey hip hop scene we just learned this morning that tame one of uh, the artifacts um, passed away and not too long after that it uh, was announced that hurricane g who's not from new jersey but worked extensively with red man and is kind of affiliated with that with the new new jersey scene um also passed away today they were both 52 um and it's hitting folks in a certain way right Nate like these are people if you know about them you know about them they're not household names right 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 but if you know about them it's
3: it, it's there's a shock and a
1: sadness there that's like like what the fuck
3: yeah it's th- there's so many deaths like we were we we saw each other earlier today we were like who who else passed away we couldn't remember takeoff died take off yeah because yeah. i mean that's just a huge loss to contemporary music but not kind of our lane so we didn't really talk about it online or anything it's a tragedy that's uh, he's yeah. 28 years old and has his whole life ahead of him and uh, I, i i don't know that much about his music so i'm not going to pretend to for the sake of the podcast but that is a tragedy um yeah, as, yeah on a human scale and just another young black person taken too early it's just it's it's so fucked up uh, but let's so someone I do know a little bit about is tame one um yeah. and basically this the story that's emerging about him and people are really pouring out the remembrances in our corner of the world and I'm a pretty big artifacts fan especially the first two albums and especially the first album um is that he's a legend in two games if he had never rapped, this would be the loss of a very influential and uh, mm. I don't know decorated is the right term, but well-respected graffiti artist. Graffiti writer. Yep. And then, um, you know, um, Artifacts is very emblematic of a kind of like uh, backpacky elements mm-hmm. focused, mm-hmm. lyrical hip hop. And they worked extensively with Buck Wilde um, and just like, you know, um, other, other great producers. They just, they really encapsulate a sound and a time and a place. And they were, they're a very good act and he's a very good rapper. Um, And so it's just, it's really, it's tough, man. Um, I didn't yeah. know a ton about hurricane G. I know she was associated with red man and hit squad. And I listened to some of her music today and um she was interestingly early on the bilingual flow. Um, yeah. Yeah. She, she was, she was she... in two languages. So she's really talented as well. And that's just, it's, it's a shame, man.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, one of those things that I guess you can't be prepared for is you look at rappers. It's sort of there was a time when I looked at rappers as almost being immortal, right? Like prior to, I don't know, um, Tupac and Biggie, it, it didn't seem like that was a thing. And now it seems like it's it's so much of a thing that I cringe even when I see somebody's name trending. I'm like, oh my God, what happened? You know? Um, but with Tame One, I actually saw Artifacts. Um at right either before or after Wrong Side of the Tracks came out,
2: um, I believe this was
1: 1994, at a San Jose bar and grill spot called Guadalajara Harry's. Uh, the derelicts opened up, my, my homies, so we we were there. Um, and I just remember they ripped shit. And I remember feeling like, oh, that's insane that somebody I knew about had seen in the source, seemed really cool on multiple levels, actually came to our town to rap. Um, but they they were they were definitely barnstorming that first album, um, which was really really good. You know, I, I hold it amongst those albums from '94, which was a kind of a transitional year. Rap starts to change a little bit, but they were still like very much to the to the old school, true school principles of hip hop. Uh, and it was dope to see, especially at a time when there was a little bit of resurgence in connecting graffiti and hip and rap. Um, The connection between those two, I think there was the source did a four elements issue that kind of hipped a lot of people to like, these things are connected. And then Artifacts uh, was definitely one of the few groups that really, I think it's Artifacts and Company Flow are are like the two, you know, legit graffiti groups. People, please chime in with more. But um, huge loss. Uh, I was a Hurricane G fan. I really, her voice uh, to me is one of the more unique voices in hip hop and um, I think in, she was really a precursor. Uh, you, you hear what Cardi B is doing now in this kind of brash, you know, uh, Puerto Rican, New York, New York influence kind of uh, rap style. Uh, and it's just, yeah, it's it's kind of sad. I, reading through Hurricane G's like uh, obit, they talked about a record she did with Thurston Howe. Yeah, in 2013.
3: Yeah, I listened I was to a like, little bit of that today.
1: Yeah, I was like, oh, shit, I didn't even know about that. I think with Hurricane G, it was more of like, I, I didn't appreciate this artist enough in their time. Yeah. Um, I heard a joint she did with um, Busta Rhymes and uh, Diamond D produced joint. That's, it's just ridiculous. Like, her timing and her pocket, like, very ahead of its time. Uh, Not we're...
3: just because their names sound almost identical, but she kind of reminds me of Heather B.,
1: she had that bravado, yes, yeah, yes. It's just yep. like, uh, yep. it's
3: always welcome on a track, yes. whether it's the yeah. intro, the switched up language flow, um, just like taking her verse among the heaviest of hitters, yep. um, just like, uh, it's, I was like, oh, that's like, and like, you know, per, we don't know, but perhaps didn't rise as far as this in, in this as she could have. Like did she? If she had put out a record at a different time with different producers on a different label, you know, we might be yeah. sitting here talking about an icon. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, she came along. Her debut record came out in '97, uh, but it was a couple of years after her appearance on Redman's album. And I feel like, you know, it was in a time where uh, I think female artists have a little bit more room now than they did at, at that time. Um, and so, yeah, I, I'm not sure, you know, what what could have become of her career, but um, you know, there's a lot of Sing on Twitter today. There's a lot of other artists who uh, were definitely fans of of her and her work. So uh, we continue to kind of just process uh, grief and tragedy, unfortunately, Um, but I don't know. And then you try to look for like connections, right? Like what is the, why rappers? Like, why is it that rappers, I mean, yes, there's the connection to gun violence and, and how that kind of tracks, but like, that's not the only thing. Like, you know, I don't know. I don't I'm not quite, I can never land on why this is a thing for rappers.
3: Mine is a little, my take is a little different, which is that. If people are still like people, so many, like we all are saying COVID is over whatever. I'm not wearing my mask to the grocery store or whatever, but like, it's not over from like, killing people like right there's so many people who have died in the last like three years like I th- i've i said this probably before on the show and this is not what our show is about but i think we've never processed our grief as a society about the literal no. millions of people who have died and then the changes that that brings for the people around them um right. so we've become a little bit desensitized to this and i don't know i i don't know her last name but if gloria hurricane g uh, wasn't a rapper, we would never have heard about her death. I think we hear about deaths that aren't like related mm-hmm. to gun violence or like what you might think of as like stereotypical rapper deaths because right. they contributed to this beautiful mosaic of the culture of hip hop. You know what I mean? Uh, no, I'm
1: there with you. I, I think there's, you know, I think Hurricane G had lung cancer. So I'm not sure what impact having healthcare insurance. Because what I'm saying is there's musicians in a lot of genres.
3: You know what I mean? I uh, do. I do. Yeah, we've had we've yeah, had this yeah, talk before, yeah. and that, that is certainly a thing. That's yeah. a societal failure to yeah, recognize sure. art and artists, and to not have universal health care in the richest country the world has ever known, when corporate profits are sky high, and that's what inflation is, and no one will admit it. Blah 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 blah. Vote tomorrow.
1: Uh, <laughs> 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 that was good, Nate. You will have
3: lost your chance to vote two days ago. Uh, <laughs> so vote two days ago. Uh, vote next year. Vote vote everything. Vote yeah. Every, Although that that's the only thing that's going to say things but you know run for office if you're cool and you can handle it anyway um yeah it's i think i think we hear about rappers dying so much because of the formation of social media like in this case essentially like hip-hop twitter and like the hip-hop ecosystem and like the if it bleeds it leads ethos of how people transmute information especially how outlets transmute information if
1: hurricane g had released a single last week
3: it would have gotten zero burn. Exactly, I'm going to tell you right now. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, feel, I feel bad. No enough. headlines for a single. No headlines for an album. Nope. Yeah, and then on that, um, artifacts did get back together with Buck Wild and release an album in August. I follow the independent hip hop scene pretty closely. Missed that yeah. one, um, yeah. or didn't download it. It's not in any of my search history. I just I either didn't know or didn't. That yeah, you know um, yeah, and then. Um, I kept waiting because people were posting about Tame One's passing but I personally won't post until it's confirmed by a valid source. We've accidentally yeah. killed people on twitter before and i don't like doing that um so i don't like retweeting shit i don't like liking shit where i'm like i can't tell it's like I need unless them. it's
1: trump though right won't be, we lean in that and day i'll be
3: so i'll be in the streets <laughs> you know banging on pots and pans whether it's a rumor or not um secret service don't come for me Um uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it's there's there's informational networks that aren't yeah. able to be verified that other yeah. people are a part of and i'm not i live in the suburban city of San Jose, California. No one's texting me when important rappers die because they're my friends. You know what I mean? Right. Another generation that may be the case, but it wouldn't be for this. So it was we waited until this morning to even post anything about it. Not that the posting is a part of it, but it kind of is a part of it. It's like I was able to begin processing my grief about this person that I admire after I knew for sure that they had passed away from a verified source. And there is so much misinformation out there right now, right now, especially. So, yeah. yep. it's, it's a very odd thing. And it, and I think you mentioned it earlier like, Tame One is very well known in certain circles, but not a celebrity, so it's not going to be picked up by the same outlets. Um, so it's like right. it's hard to get confirmation from a verifiable news source on information on things like this, and yeah, it, it just sucks, man. The whole, the whole way everything is going right now is just it's really hard to separate out the misinformation and it's very much by design um and it's you know we're in a tough spot at the moment
1: yeah seemingly getting worse by the minute uh as as it relates to twitter but um yeah we just you know we want to offer our our condolences and just you know another reminder to celebrate the work of uh tame one and hurricane g uh stream a
3: step further tell them
1: yeah, yeah. DM yeah. them. Send the email. Yeah. Retweet yeah. something.
3: Tell tell them you like their music. That it's important to you. Like while, while time, people are while listening to this, it's playing on your phone, but you can open other apps and send a rapper a thank you note. You know what I mean? It, it, I know for
1: us, and we only do this humble podcast, but um, being able to hear that people appreciate your shit um, is a real thing. It does it does something, especially in a, in industries where there isn't a lot of money um and yeah no I, you definitely let's celebrate what we love lean into it with the same vigor that you do hating kanye west you know what i mean <laughs> i think we all be better if everybody just leaned into it like i like quilly and chris more than you hate kanye west right that's why i try to come with it like yeah, i don't yeah. want to get get too far down the 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 hate listening and hate watching of things so um awesome opportunity to tell a, a rapper you like and one rapper that we tell them that we like them all the time and and uh, you will hear
3: it on the show I I, will take it. A, I, t- I try to take at least a minute of every interview we do and tell the person why we're interviewing them and often yeah. it's because I love their music and because I'm fascinated by their work and uh, uh this week we have the Garden State Gargoyle
1: uh none other than Fatboy Sharif somebody that we interviewed um a while back when he was like kind of at the beginning of his ascent um to the, uh, to the I'm, I want to say something up, but I feel like Fatboy Sharif would be like under something. His, <laughs> his, his troll under the bridge persona that he's been cultivating, um, super interesting rapper. When I talked to Mike Eagle, it was one of the people that he was like, this is such a uh, an interesting person in terms of how they perform their raps, uh, which really stuck with me. So uh, let's get into it. This is our interview with Fatboy. Sharif And producer No Face
4: Dead by Grandpa Oh, nigga Sky settled in Cyanide mescaline Tie-dye evidence Fly pelican My kingdom Heaven sent When they pressured him Hover Mount Everest Carried by five elephants My bad bitch See-through Police flew 4am, tussing out the teaspoons, sexy chauffeur, she go purr, shelter frame, peekin' through the goat's fur, my poster spoke volumes and woke her, with heavy bass in the background from Roper, hands tied stuck, clams fried up, glass of Andre, fresh made clam
3: chowder. Dad bod, rap pod, uh, we have some crazy mofos here with us today people moving and shaping hip hop culture, quite literally in this case. Returning to the program is one of our favorite MCs and just hip hop figures in general, um, building an amazing career right in front of our eyes. Welcome to the program,
4: Fatboy Sharif. You're, you're, you're dad by we back in the building, <laughs> party time. Y'all know how we do.
3: Yes. And joining him, uh, the mysterious figure uh, who produced his latest album, Preaching in Havana, uh, joining us for the first time. We have No Face. What's going on?
0: Yo, peace. Thanks for having us.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So we are here today. We are gathered here today um, to promote your guys' new record, Preaching in Havana. Um, Why don't, uh, Sharif, if you could just quickly talk about how you guys met. And how this um, album came, you know, like how the concept behind the record came together.
4: Yeah, nah, definitely. I got you. It was, I would say, Lungs, who Lonesworth, who produced the Cyber City project. Him and No Face knew each other for a while, like from doing different, from creating music and all of that. And it was funny, him and my other boy, Drawby, By, they brought him up to me, like, yo you should check out this dude, No Face. Like, I think y'all gonna make some dope shit (laughs) or whatever. And I was already familiar with him from this project he did with uh, Concept Jackson like almost two years back. And that shit was dope. But I wasn't really connecting the dots on it. So I was like, oh, okay, that's No Face. Like, So we started talking on IG, just on some regular, yo, your music is dope, vice versa. Next time I come to the city, let's link up because he wasn't living in the area at the moment. So he came down, we looked up at Lung's Lone Sword crib, and we just was talking building, and he showed me a couple beats. And kind of like with me and Roper, kind of like with me and Lone Sword, we kind of just hit it off the bat, like. <laughs> and we did maybe, I want to say that first night, I got maybe three beats from him that I ended up right into recording. And it's funny because those ended up making the final album. Like, and it was crazy because around the time, probably like the third session when we got around like the fourth or fifth song, we both was like, yo, we got something special here. Let's keep sitting and crafting this and get it somewhere. And the rest was history. So, That's really
2: dope, man. Thanks for explaining that. Um, You know, No Face, you're sort of a mysterious figure, man. I I just want to take this opportunity for you to sort of Um, introduce yourself to everybody i kind of want to know what your production history is and um just let people know a little bit about yourself and your history
0: yeah i mean basically uh i'm just a kid from new york uh and (laughs) i uh you know i've been making music for a long time um since really 20 2019 2020 i i started uh connecting with a, a lot of artists, a lot of dope artists that I've been uh, listening to for years. Uh, I had an album with Concept Jackson in uh, 2020, um, and then since then, uh, i really, you know, just been doing, doing my job, playing my part. Uh, I, I had a lot of, a lot of good, uh, I, I met a lot of good people through the music, just uh, artists in, in New York and in the scene. Uh, Sharif, Lungs, Feet, YL, Starker. Uh, I connected with Al Davino and Esti Nack also through the internet. And four projects uh, with all of those guys. Look, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, past couple ahead. years, you know, I, I a Glitch with uh, uh, Davino and, and Nack. Uh, you know, there was some, some nice cuts on there, some really weird stuff. I produced like at least half that album. I had an album with Divino's Sun Raw as well. Mm. But you know, I just uh, I love music. I listen to a lot of music, and I make a lot of beats. And uh, people hear people hear it. And uh, you know, the rest is the rest is history. Physicals, albums, <laughs> you know, and 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 the I feel like my whole thing is the the music. Just you know. It should just speak for itself, and, and that's the whole. You know, no face is also important to me because you know it's re- it's really just it's about the music, it's, and it's just about uh what what you hear and what you feel.
3: Yeah, right on. Uh, we often talk about uh, how mystique is the last currency left in music in an overexposed world. Having a mystique around yourself can be uh, actually kind of ironically a good way to draw attention um and you see that with various artists um Sharif I'm interested in how far left this is like 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 um uh you know your stuff with Roper seems normal now right it's like that's some some hip-hop shit some beats and rhymes and then your last couple projects with Lone Sword with No Face like it's out there dude like take us Take us through your mental journey. Where are you, where are you leading the listener? What what's what's this all about?
4: Uh great question. To me, I always, from when I started recording like 10 years ago, I always wanted to, every project, I wanted it to be a different world. I want to craft something different. Every time somebody here, the Fat Boy Sharif project, I never wanted it to be where you go into it and you like, okay, I know exactly what I'm gonna get from track one to track 12. And that's kind of how I always attack every project. So going into this particular project, and it was crazy because we recorded this the exact same time I was recording Cyber City. So it would literally be like in one room, Cyber City stuff getting done, the other room preaching the Havana stuff getting done. And the preaching the Havana stuff, just off of just how naturally the music was coming along it just kind of naturally fell into that pocket. It wasn't really going in like, "Yeah, I'm gonna make the most crazy left field album ever." I was just like, "I'm gonna make something real to me." And at that particular time, that was the story, and that was the that was the picture that was ready to be painted for that particular project. And face came through with the perfect canvases that got them thought out and got a little, got all of those ideas to for the forefront.
0: Yeah. Uh, you, you know, a, a lot of the, the beats I, I definitely was making already um, are early, early forms of uh, what you hear on the album. Uh, I'd started even before me and Shar- Sharif met. Um, so, you know, we really just kind of I think we're just we're being honest and we sort of just like connected in a, in a time and a place.
2: That's rad, dude. Thank you for that. You know, Sharif, I got a quick sort of follow-up question. I mean, you mentioned a lot of your projects and um, I recently read about your aversion to the, to the label, horrorcore, and certainly maybe it's a little bit reductive, but I wanted to give you a chance to sort of explain that. Like, why do you dislike that, you know?
4: No, uh, <laughs> yeah. nah, it's, to me, like I always say with that, to me, once you put a label on something, you take elements away from understanding it. So, just like you call somebody crazy, it's uh if you, hey, once you say that, it's kind of, you take everything out, you take everything else out from it. And as long as I've been an artist and musician, my whole thing has always been people gotta go into it with an open mind. People gotta go into it, not expect, not, you can't tell me the type of song you think I'm gonna make. Cause nine times out of 10, I'm not gonna make that. So to me, I look at it as just free thought and free energy. Like, mm. I look at it like, at the end of the day, I'm painting pictures, I'm crafting worlds. Some might be a little more scarier than others. Some might be a little more political than others. Some might be a little more fun than others. But once you give it one just title, there's no other room for nothing else to get through to me. So that's how I, that's how I always been with it. Yeah. Uh, that 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 makes a lot of
3: sense and I, I was I was I thought it was cool you tweeted that because you get out ahead of the critical mechanism right it's like before people have a chance to kind of put labels in their their articles if they're following you on Twitter and there's a whole you know yeah, that's yeah, happening yeah. but I mean you guys got a song reviewed in Pitchfork by Dylan that's amazing like um that's like you know there's a there's a lot of eyes on this um that I think um People are going to bring to it what they have for their expectations and kind of on that same idea i wanted to ask you no face like you you've referred to it a couple times as making beats like is that to like avoid kind of like music critic bullshit terms like soundscapes or uh you know like um uh just music like um because there's there are certainly percussive elements to it but it's not like mpc pad hitting like straight up drum tracks on a lot of these like
0: can you talk about that a little bit not for for sure i mean you know i I think the main thing for me really is like the whole time i didn't even really think about it like it for me it it was just making beats you know or because whenever i'm i'm you know it's really all just uh uh labels i guess and perhaps i'm not the most articulate and I should say making music, but whenever I sit down to make music, uh, you know, really anything could happen. And I, you know, I also try not to limit myself. So I, I think really, you know, like I said, to me, it's just regular. It's just sitting down and I'm making something, and it, like I'm, I'm making a loop. I'm making a beat, and and that it's you know ends up being uh fentanyl firing squad like the the last song on preaching in havana like that's just normal you know that that's (laughs) january 1st uh 2021 i'm just in lungs's house on my computer
2: (laughs) i want to touch on preaching in havana i mean we got both of you guys here um in the building and i want to um touch on that and just to see how you guys put that together can you just break down the working process of that one for us and just walk us through it from an
4: from a vocal standpoint as well as from the production standpoint okay now i got you for sure it's funny because i'll even start with the title the title kind of came from just a conversation we was having yeah and uh long script one day so we in there chilling in mind you this is peak COVID, this is peak, everything that's going on with the riots and the police, this is peak. Everybody going crazy over unemployment and just the economy in the world and everything that's happening. And we just kind of building with each other about it and giving our our opinions on it. And uh, Long's is like, yeah, I wish I could just go to Havana and just go on a vacation from all of this bullshit. And I remember I just looked at uh, No Face like, yo, Preaching in Havana. That's going to be the name of the album. (laughs) So we kind of started with that title first. And it's kind of like, if you look at the history of Havana, it's looked at as an amazing place. People go there to take vacations and get away from all of their problems. But we kind of wanted to give that a different meaning and kind of put it into real-world topics and stuff that's going on today. And from that, No Face kind of... He said, a few of those, probably the first two or three sessions was beats he already had made. And once we came with the title, I came with the lyrics. And at the end of that, once we got the title, it was like, okay, now let's bring this title to life. And that was kind of easy because No Face had already a lot of those beats and canvases set up. So I kind of just did my job as the artist, kind of wrote to him, we build on different topics and stuff we wanted to touch on. And once the riot was done, he came through at the end, added all of those dope samples and uh, sound bites and different scratches and all of that. And it finally came all the way home with King from PTP. He engineered the hell out of that shit. So he definitely brought it to the next level.
3: all right that was our interview with fat boy sharif and no face uh no face pulling the billy woods uh doesn't want to put his uh doesn't want to put his face even on the zoom call with us uh, i know Dave, uh always interesting to tap into sharif's mind right
2: 100 i mean you hear his music and you think He's some crazy motherfucker, and he actually talks a little bit about the term "crazy" and just overall labels that um, that are um, uh, put on his music. But you know, every time we talk to him, it's great. It's revealing, and you realize he's just a very, very sincere artist. And it's great talking to him because he is, I, I think one of the most unique voices to emerge in hip hop in, in recent years. So um, to be able to give him a text and be like, yo, join the show. And he's, and you know, the other thing that I like about him is he always makes a point to um, give his producer a platform as well. So shout out, shout out to No Face for joining as well. It's really good to catch up with him and sort of, um, you know, reveal a little bit about, you know, what he does and his background and his production history and his approach to making music totally and and, you know i i tried to get into this a little bit with them but i i'm
3: gonna say it now like i think in their world this is like they are working with people like lungs and feek and um people like that where they have a crew and like a uh kind of a a mutual admiration society i'll you know maybe use too strong of a term where to them doing this, like what I consider to be pretty left field. Like I grew up listening to KRS-One. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we're, we're pretty far away from that. I also grew up listening to Cool Keith and I understand abstraction and right, right. left fieldness. I love anti-pop consortium. And I know these guys draw sure. from a well of a well-established tropes about how to take hip hop into out into the ether and make it really interesting, but I think it's weirder than
2: they think it is. You know what I mean? Totally, totally. And that, that's what you find with artists, like you know, through the years that I've, I've speak, spoken to uh, many artists, and it's like, yo, dude, that is so weird, and they're like, really? Like that? That's normal to me. Yes. You know what I mean, and that's and kind of I, where what No Face was saying, and I'm like, wow. exactly. Yeah, totally. To see the realization of what they think of their own art measured yeah. against what you know what we think as listeners, it's just incredible. It's it's always. It's always a big highlight for me to sort of see what their mind state is going in and and their overall ethos. And I know that um, with Sharif, especially on our previous interview with him and uh, Roper Williams, I mean, he is very careful about projecting his voice and layering sounds. And, you know, when you listen to one of his albums like this one, the um, Havana album, sometimes you're just like, oh, he's weird for being weird. He's being weird for weird sake. But it's certainly not that. Everything is super deliberate.
3: Yes. uh, Well said. And I think that's important for people. I I have two things on Sharif and kind of our history with him. One is I want people to understand how much of a hip hop head he is. Like Mm -hmm. there, there was like a stone's throw Chrome children compilation, huge record store poster over their shoulder while we were talking to them. I don't know exactly (laughs) where they were, but like, that's not an easy thing to come by. You got to be a underground hip hop head for like 20 years to have that and we work in a record store or something like that that was like whoa that's fucking cool um and like it's this is this is comes from a place of like studying not only like the cultural impact of hip-hop but the music itself from like this very under we keep we always use the term underground even though it's not really relevant anymore but he's like he knows what it is to be an underground i'm seeing he's crafting an image for himself as the underground MC of right now in a way that I think is so cool. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the other thing is I wanted to say, when we talk about being a technical MC, we often talk about breath control,
0: Mm -hmm. bar
3: structure, syllable placement. Another thing that you hit on that I just want to reinforce is it's also about recording technique. Right. And like, he's such an interesting case study in like, performing in the booth and i i I don't know these guys i've never been to any of these places they record they do not seem to be like battery studios on a midtown it's like (laughs) some dude's closet you know with a with a like normal mic that regular people can purchase but then they put a lot into it a lot of heart and soul a lot of experimentation a lot of technique and i think the results are very much worth listening to and i will say again kind of a disclaimer you gotta have an open mind. You gotta be a little bit adventurous. This is not some cookie cutter A B C D thing. This is this right. is pretty pretty left field, but I think very rewarding hip hop.
2: Million percent. I mean, certainly unique um, at, at its base, completely unique. And uh, you know, it it just lends credence to the fact that he's such a creative character. And again, I mean, even if all the music is not for you, you have to be interested in his career trajectory. And I certainly am. Totally. And I'll
3: just say it on the air. I think he's probably going to listen back to the episode. I wouldn't mind a a, a little a little uh more normal record it sometime. <laughs> you know I, mean? Like, I mean, I could maybe play around my wife.
2: <laughs> Gandhi loves the funky drummer beat. Please yeah, exactly. Um,
3: <laughs> oh, do you, bro? You're killing totally. it. Totally. percent. Uh, yeah okay uh so moving on uh we are the dad bod rap pod um david ma demone carter who's on assignment this week um you can find us we are for now actually let's chat about this for like two seconds dave i know we need to wrap up how are you feeling about the muskization of twitter and the uptick in hate speech and possibly getting charged to keep your blue check mark you work so hard for totally
2: i'm 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 of many minds about it um i mean i kind of hate elon so i what the fuck and also i'm not trying to pay money but i think it's smart because i you know if we've worked all this fucking all these years for this internet capital now what now what do we do you know but 20 bucks a month is a lot yeah Wait, i, I also, think they already well. lowered
3: it to eight which means i think he's up for negotiation maybe you could do five <laughs> um speaking of which if you have five dollars to set on fire nice. you can join the dad bod rap pod patreon uh <laughs> <laughs> patreon.com slash dad bod pod is the most direct way to support the show we are using it as a laboratory for new ideas. We are talking about music, recommending music, making mixes, playlists. It's just it's like the, this show but with way more music. Like we just like are actually more free to play and discuss music in a, kind of more a less structured environment. Um, come and hang out. It's like a big group text with a bunch of interested um, hip hop heads from all over the world. and we think you'll have a good time and we would appreciate it um we're also on instagram which is i weirdly feel like this twitter thing is pushing people back to instagram even though everyone hates instagram now because they're trying to turn it into tiktok right
2: right exactly i I, I, even myself just hates everything yes
3: everyone hates everything that's our next podcast (laughs) Uh, i'm here
2: for it i'm here for it yeah totally um
3: so we're on instagram at dad the point i was trying to make earlier is we're on twitter at dad bod rap pod but who knows for how much longer <laughs> um and you know actually we actually had like a killer couple of weeks we gained a bunch of followers we had some interesting Great. conversations we had some high engagement it's just like oh as the uh, the hand basket on its way to hell is actually working for us at the moment so we'll see right. what happens right um but yeah that is where you can find us we appreciate everyone listening our theme music is by cutso and uh dem one who you may have heard of an up-and-coming MC from san jose california um we're on the stony island podcast network and we really appreciate you listening to this show hit us up at one of the aforementioned social media outlets if you like what we do Um, we're very friendly and uh, good luck to everyone this is dad bod rap pod
4: Info drain, hysteria we all train, blood sucking corporation, sparing out both ways, hell on earth and valpunyan, Polaroid, sheer substance, two weeks beware, illness fall through, I smell nothing, news footage funnel, fear death they watch, see a love unprepared patrol dead cops, Grooming guns, swallowed my own tongue. Summit turning intervals, feast in my own young. Hangman, self-loathing scroll, tomb. Window cracked, cornered old room, so confused. I'm it. Stare- Never exposed truth. Classroom cardio. What you gonna do? Classic plague. Get polio. Fourth row. Missiles land. Hopeful. involved cold. Mentally killed the pistol, aimed that the polo show. Girl, I ain't scared no more. I can't believe you. I ain't scared no more. I ain't scared no more. I ain't scared no more. Scared no more. Scared no more. Can't believe you. I ain't scared no more. I've uh, oh, Careful of the and that window